Hello, listeners. The episode that you're going to listen to was a blast to record. My guest is Jason Davis, and Jason helps Christian business owners fortify all their tomorrows so they can live in the purpose God has called them to. Jason is a husband, author, speaker, teacher, encourager, and stewardship coach. He founded Jericho Force Enterprises in fall 2017, helping business owners grow so they can reach their full potential in three primary areas, business growth, personal growth, and spiritual growth. Jason is a John Maxwell certified trainer and coach, a DiscFlex certified coach, a graduate of Dave Ramsey's Financial Coach Master Training and a Kanban Management Professional. In this episode, he'll share his personal story of how he became a stewardship coach, what the proper view on work is, why God would give us the opportunity to work in the first place, and we talk about stewarding well in business and in life. Enjoy! Hey Jason, nice that you are here on the show on the Born to Fly podcast. Yes, Jane, I'm very excited and honored to be here. Uh, it's uh, I already know it's going to be a great conversation. Me too. I know you're a busy man because you just finished your uh, talk on Clubhouse about the 15 laws of growth. I was just checking in before we, we were getting started, but I'm like, no, I need to focus on this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> so next time I'll, I'll listen to it better. But I'm happy you could find a time to share uh, some of your great wisdom with us and that we can talk about your book, Fortify. Yes. But before Fortify. we dive into Fortify, I remember that you told me that God really called you to stewardship, to like mm-hmm. help other people with, with stewarding their talents, their gifts, their money. So... Can you tell us a little bit more about why you're so sure God called you to do that and how God revealed this to you? Absolutely. So Jane, just a little bit in my background, uh, the year I was born, 1987, uh, my parents filed bankruptcy. <clears throat> and so I grew up pretty tough childhood financially. Uh, I moved 19 times by the time I was 18 years old, 11 evictions, multiple car repossessions, and so I saw just not great money management coming up. And so what that did as a kid is it, it motivated me to, you know, I got to do something different because it ultimately my parents got divorced over it my sophomore year in college. And so I had this chip on my shoulder. I got to learn how to manage money. I can't do that. But as I did that, though, again, I had the chip on my shoulder. I had the wrong why. And as I grew in my relationship with Christ, the Lord began to show me, you know, Jason, not just about budgeting, savings, debt, and credit, and investing. It's about being a good steward of of my resources that I've entrusted to you. And that really like rewired my brain and and my soul with, wow, I, I, I was looking at it different. I hadn't even, at the time, I was like, stewardship, that's like a big fancy corporate term, but the Lord made it real to me. So I went from the chip on my shoulder to really understanding, wow, these things were never mine. Mm -hmm. They were his and he gave them to me to manage. So this whole concept of managing well just became alive to me. There's over 2000 scriptures in the Bible on money and possessions. But then as I, as I continue to grow in my, my career, The Lord also showed me too, Jane, that it's not just money when it comes to stewardship. In fact, there are five areas that branch off into many others, but five that the Lord showed me was money, time, talent, health, 
and relationships. Those are the five areas that branch off the many others uh, that we need to manage well. And so in 2017, the Lord called me to start my business, Jericho Force Enterprises. I started off doing one-on-one uh, financial coaching for families and small business owners. And, and even before that, I started blogging uh, about money. And I got to be honest, my family did not like it. It drudged up a lot of the old wounds because I was very transparent about what happened. And so, you know, imagine this, Jane, you're starting something new, start off blogging. You're like, yeah. And then you get texts and phone calls. Why are you telling them about that? Mm -hmm. And so God made it very clear and we don't even have time to get into this, but he gave me a dream uh, about the name Jericho Force. And then over time, the Lord showed me too, as I was coaching the clients, there's really four walls that hold people back from a life of effectiveness. And that's fear, ignorance, entitlement, and comparison. <clears throat> and the Lord made it very clear. He said, Jason, I want you to help my sons and daughters tear down these four walls. And I want you to do it through the message of stewardship. And so that's kind of the backdrop, Jane, for uh, being called to take that message uh, to as many people as possible. And my mission is to challenge and inspire people to live a life of stewardship. So that's how I got started carrying the torch for, for that. And many other, many people have come far before me, but this is what he's graced me to do in the way that he's called me to do it. Amazing. And I love that name because you explained the meaning behind it. I'm like, mm -hmm. wow, super powerful. That can yeah. only be something that God places on your heart. And you're like, okay, this name makes sense. Absolutely. Jane, I'm not smart enough to come up with <laughs> That was definitely supernatural. I, you know, I don't even know that I would have gotten, even in reading the account of that, you know, the walls of Jericho and Joshua and all that, I wouldn't have gotten that out of that. So that was definitely the Holy Spirit. Yes. And I know that those four walls is like an entire book that you can write on, you know, those Absolutely. four things and you probably will, but let's, let's talk about your other book. <laughs> <I love laughs> so it. So let's talk about Fortify, Being Rooted in God's Plan for Work and Business. So that's the title of your book. And you're an author. That's one of the many things that you are. And I read the book, as you know, and one of the things that caught my attention was the part about the proper view on work. Yes. And I just want to quote something. And you say, rightfully, some people view work as a necessary thing to pay the bills. Some attach their identity to their work and are no one when they wouldn't have to work. The word work doesn't mean the same for everyone. And then you go on and eventually you conclude that most people have a tainted view on work. So enlighten us. Why is that? And what is the proper view of work? Absolutely, Jane. Well, like anything, we go back to the beginning. You know, in movies, we love origin stories, right? Well, how did the hero become that? How did the villain turn bad? Well, in, in terms of work, biblically, we, it all starts in the beginning, back in, in, in Genesis. And so uh, when it comes to work, it's in the middle of the creation and the fall of man. And I believe, and even me, I, I've missed it. I was like, oh my gosh, when I was writing the book, I said, wow, where did that's really where it came from. And so right in between 
the creation story. God, you know, takes seven days and, you know, he creates the, the, the heavens and the earth. I mean, he's doing all, he, he, all these things. And then we have, you know, the part that we don't like to remember, Jane, the travesty, Adam and Eve, they, they get deceived by uh, the temptation of the serpent and they eat the fruit and then they're asked to leave. But in the middle of all that, Jane, God called Adam to work and keep the garden. And it's like, oh, wait a minute. Hold on. So the first job description, even though the Bible doesn't, again, this is not being prescriptive, but he basically was a gardener and, and the administrator of the garden and Adam named the animals. And that was the first official job description before Adam and Eve sinned. It was a perfect society. They were in perfect relationship because they had no consciousness of sin. And so it work existed in that construct without sin. So that says to me and, and a lot of other scholars that unpack that, they talk about the cultural mandate, Genesis 1, 28, to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion. And so work was this thing of productive perfection. And then sin came in and those fleshly things that we see in the market, like cheating and lying and politics and being conniving and stepping over people and having a scarcity mindset instead of an abundance mindset. And I've got to keep certain people out so I can have more for me and my family. And it's all about me, 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 and I've got to make money. And, the, and if I don't make this money, it's because someone else is taking it from me. All of that came from sin. So in the book, I touch on just how it, these tainted views, Jane, like you got to understand what the Bible says about things to really unpack them. And so when we think about, oh, okay, cool work. Well, what does the Bible say about work? And I draw that out over the 10 chapters. And a lot of times, Jane, we default to what society says, to what economics say, it's like, wait a minute, God has already spoken on this matter. We keep going to all these other sources and all these gurus and motivational. And listen, I praise God for them. I listen to a lot of them, but we've got to have the firm foundation. What does God say first? Because when I go and I hear other speakers and authors and things, I ought to see Christ in the message, not just you know, being aimless sheep that just, oh, just whatever they say. It's like, no, I got to have a firm foundation. So yeah, the tainted views, Jane, things like I call them, uh, what is the industry term? The, uh, the sacred cow. Well, Jane, that's just how we've always done things in business. It's like, oh, that's not a good enough reason to, yeah. to do something that I've found that reason falls apart over time. You got to have a better reason than because I, you know, famous parental words, because I said so. It's the same in business. Well, that's because how we've always done, done it, it. Yeah. And so there's just things like that. That's one example of just taints our view. And it's like, well, let's, let's, let's step back for a second and examine what does God say on the matter? What if Jane and everything in our life and the work that we do in our career, what if we took a step back and said, Lord, what are you saying about this? Which means two things, Jane. I got to spend time with him and I have to read his word. <laughs> That's what I have to do. And so we're talking about work. So it's like, okay, so what does the Bible say about work? 
And my book is one, I'm not the only authority on it, but my book, I try to shed light on, hey, here's what the Bible says about work across 10 chapters and some practical applications on how we live out our faith in the marketplace. Again, central message of the book, don't conform to the world's way of doing business, transform by doing business God's way. See, Jane, you're getting me all excited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it makes me think because you're, you're mentioning Genesis 2.15 about that God put uh, Adam in the, in the garden mm-hmm. of Eden and to work it and to keep it. And of course, I understand the tainted view that we don't work for a great car or for a beautiful home or, mm-hmm. you know, all those success criteria that are not of God. But why do you think God gave Adam work? Why do you think he's like, okay, this is the garden because God was, is very able to take care of the garden himself of mm-hmm. everything. So why do you, like, why would he give human beings the opportunity to work? Does that have to do with stewardship? I think stewardship is, is a piece of it. I think we have such a loving, graceful God And what's interesting, Jane, is before he put Adam over the garden of working and keep it, God himself was the ultimate example. So his job description is creator and master designer. So he gave this overarching example of what it looked like to be productive. You know, it's like, wow, this this omnipotent, omnipresent entity was productive. And we are created in the image of God. And so productivity is one of the faces of God that we see. So I believe part of it is a matter of stewardship, Jane. And and then I'd also say God wanting to entrust things into mankind, into the man, into the woman, elements of himself. Mm -hmm. I believe it was prominent Bible scholar Dallas Willard who said something along the lines of the story of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation is God trying to entrust mankind with his power and men and women not being able to handle it. And so I think stewardship is a big part, not the only part, but a big part of it. And then I think it just speaks of his, his love, his grace and his mercy, uh, Jane, you know, to sure I could do it, but I want my creation to do it. They're made in my image. I want so much for them. I want to do things in them. I want to do things through them because my spirit is in them. And so this concept of productivity is is really worship when you think about it. It's not a matter of having to go to work or needing to go to work. Like we get to, and I know I probably just blew some people. What do you mean, Jason? We (laughs) get to. No, when you have a spirit of thanksgiving, you get to. Like it's an honor Mm -hmm. to do so. Now I understand Sometimes we find ourselves in the wrong job, the wrong career, and, and, and we've got to do things like self-awareness and emotional intelligence and take assessments to learn and unpack. Getting in the right area, the zone of genius that we need to be in. Uh, but once we're in that area, and I pray everybody does find whatever that is for themselves, and even that is a God-given thing. But once we're in that area, we have a spirit of thanksgiving, and that's how we approach work and the construct of work and that's what i totally believe is like we're building the image of god mm-hmm. he's a creator so everything that we do can glorify him mm-hmm. and that's the beauty of work 
And if you view it as work or if you're like, well, my work is my passion or whatever, you know, those mm -hmm. famous terms that we use nowadays, like my work is my passion, we can all do it for the glory of God and to help others. And I think that is a very good foundation as well to mm -hmm. to do your work on so jason so let's talk about stewardship as well because mm -hmm. i know we we can obviously talk about stewardship for hours yes and i probably <laughs> don't have to get you started on the parable of the talents. oh goodness parable of the talents that could be its own episode i know multi-week episode at that yeah but let's okay so let's get to the core you basically what you say about stewarding your talents and skills is the following stewardship is the essence of faithfully managing the resources you've been entrusted with god is the owner and we are his managers so how does it work stewardship does it come with like an obligation of our talents that we've been given what is your take, your view on stewardship? Sure, not to, to dive too deep into parable of the talents, but again, going back, if God, we have a loving, graceful God who is trying to entrust his resources to us because he's the owner, we're, we're managers. There's nothing that we have that hasn't been given. Mm -hmm. And so in that definition, the Lord gave me the essence, the embodiment, the spirit, that's what stewardship is, the essence of faithfully managing. Um, faithfulness speaks to something we control, Jane. So we control our motives, our attitude, and our faithfulness. And God is watching. So that part of the definition speaks to, you know, you've heard that advice and business and even in sports, I say it all the time, control what you can control. Well, our faithfulness, our ability to show up, to be diligent, to be consistent. Uh, speaking of my clubhouse session, I just got that. <laughs> so we control that. Like nobody just tells us like, oh, well, Jane, you can't do that. No, actually, Jane, you can. Like I can choose to show up. So stewardship is the essence of faithfully managing. Because Jane, you know, there's things that get managed every day. Do they faithfully get managed? That's the question. Mm -hmm. So the essence of faithfully managing the resources we've been entrusted with. So that entrusting process assumes there is a master and then there is the servant. And so we are God's children. We're made in his image. We don't own anything. Last time I checked, Jane, I don't think we created air. I don't think we created things like photosynthesis and chemistry. And it's not, we discovered some stuff, but did we make? mass and acceleration and speed and velocity and the cloud, the you know, nimbus clouds and, and cirrus. Like, did we make that? No. Did we make the gold and the precious gems and stones? Did we cause gravity to pull the waves up at night as gravitational force from the moon? No, we didn't do any of that. So we can't call ourselves that. Yes, on Earth, Jane, we are business owners. We're owners of property we're owners of our home we're owners of this and that and that's earthly language for sure but the, what spiritual implications what we actually own is what we're managing and so that's the part of stewardship is you have the faithfulness which also speaks to trustworthiness and god is always watching you know if we're faithful in the small things We'll be faith. We have the opportunity to be faithful in the great things. You know, Jane, if if you were a hedge fund manager and 
you were bringing on a partner and you wanted to know, you know, can they, can they handle this amount of money, this 500 million? Well, you want to know, well, well, can he may, he or she manage 50 million before I give them 500 million? And everybody resoundingly, you know, it doesn't matter the example of money or experience. We all say yes. And then yet, we get into things and we just, no, 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 I want it and I deserve. And it's like, listen, it, you manage well and you get the opportunity to manage more. There's, and that's why entitlement is such a, gosh, it's such a, a huge thing because we get into, well, I deserve. And it's like, no, you manage and then we'll see. And most importantly, God sees. Yeah. So. And that's so difficult nowadays because a lot of people think they deserve things based on yeah. like the work they put into something the amount of money they give but that's not how it works like you're totally right god decides what happens god decides what happens to your business you know mm -hmm. if he wants it to fail he'll let it fail if he wants it to succeed it will it will succeed and so stewarding is not just the financial side of things in the beginning you, t you told me about those five things like it was mm -hmm. relationship money and three other ones That time, you... talent, and health. Yeah. So, and, and that's interesting because normally we think about stewardship in terms of money, but mm -hmm. there's actually those four other things as well that we need to steward well. And I think relationships is also a very important one, not just personally, but also in your business. Absolutely. I mean, Jane, the fact that we're here on this podcast, that speaks to the stewardship, the flourishing, the relational currency of us coming together. We met through a mutual friend of ours and here we are on this podcast. So that's an example of stewarding relationships. And so we get to be on this podcast, which is so awesome. And you all need to make sure you're listening and tuning in to this podcast, not just because I'm on it, but because Jane is awesome. So make sure you <laughs> subscribe to her podcast on all, every platform. But Yeah, there's relational currency, Jane. Like you and I, you're a married woman, I'm a married man. Like we have to steward our marriages. Um, we have to steward our friendships. We have to steward our business relationships. Some people have business partners, employees, executive board members, and all of that, all of those are examples of business relationships that we have to steward. I mean, Jane, there's articles probably every week about some business partnership that went sour. I mean, it just, it doesn't matter. Turn on any of the news outlets and you're like, man, but they were such a big company. They were so good. And yet got owners or a board, they just clash and then boom, it unravels quickly. So yeah, relationships must be stewarded. And that's not just personally, that's professionally. Yeah, as well. And I think it's important. I think those five pillars are a great reminder every day when you think about them. Okay, how am I making sure that I'm stewarding this well? So listeners, write them down. <laughs> <laughs> so you can think and pray about it every day. So another question that I want to ask you, which is a, a different one, but I I actually, in the beginning of this podcast, I started asking this question to a lot of people and then I didn't do it anymore. And a friend reminded me that she said, oh, that's such a, an interesting question. So I didn't prepare you for this question. Oh, so, sure. that's okay. so you have time to think about it. But the question is, can you tell us about one of your biggest failures in business that mm. was so good that you actually <clears throat> failed and you learned something from it that you can share with our listeners so they can learn from your mistakes? Yeah. So early on in my business, I remember I didn't get a client for like five months. I was like, man, I've gotten a website. 
I've got social media. I'm blogging, you know, put content out there and Ready? all right. Yeah. <laughs> hey, where's everybody at? And, and so to the stewardship standpoint, I had to learn how to navigate the market and relationships. So one of the things that, that I ended up doing out of that failure is nobody knows who I am. I've got a, and I was doing social media, I was blogging, but that's kind of out into the, into the, into the, the, the abyss, right? We've got to get more strategic. So God directed me. It's like, well, Jason, when your neighborhood first. So I, I joined the chamber of commerce um, and, and, and I went to groups like BNI and, and master networks. And so I networked and I started out before I do more of a holistic uh, coaching now, I help business owners grow so they can reach their full potential. But before I got into the growth, the spiritual growth, business growth, personal growth, I was doing one-on-one -on -one financial coaching. So Lord showed me, well, Jason, what domains of people deal with money? Ah, CPAs hmm. and tax professionals. Oh, real estate agents and brokers. Oh, financial advisors. Because those are the people everybody runs to with some sort of money-related question. So I started networking out of the failure of just, hey, I look good digitally, <laughs> but physically, I nobody knew who the heck I was. Yeah. So that was like the starting failure. But then as I got to know people and I in these affinity groups and I explained the value proposition of what I did, and then Oh man, Jason, I run, I run across people like that all the time because in the financial world, everybody has like their specific area, like the real estate agent out of the goodness of their heart, they'll teach you things, but it's like at the end of the day, I'm got to sell you the house. Like if you got an issue with like budgeting or saving, I can try to help you, but that's just not the way it compensated. Even financial advisors, you know, they, they manage the, the different funds and they're looking long-term or they're developing a financial plan and they don't, they can't always take the deep dive. Same with the tax pro, they're doing your taxes and looking at tax liability. They can't always dive deep, but me, the coach, I had time to sit with them with budgeting, saving debt and credit. I call that the core four, mm -hmm. the foundational things before you even get to all the fancy stuff that everybody likes to get into, Jane, you got to have that core. So that's what I did. And so it turned that failure out of that failure of nobody knows who the heck you are to start small and start locally. So that's what I did. I reached out to my local chamber, started networking with local business owners. And then I got known. Then I was the money guy. I'm getting texts and email. Jason, I have another. Jason, I got a lady. Jason, I got a guy. I need help. Do you think you can? I said, absolutely. They were selling for me after a while. And then the Lord, you know, shifted and changed my business over time. But yeah, that was a failure, Jane. I thought if I looked good digitally, you know, the whole, the, if you build it, they will come sort of thing. Yeah. You, dreams. <laughs> you set up your website and your social yeah. media channels and you're like, okay, now they follow my lap. Yeah. And that didn't <laughs> happen. Oh, there, there's actually a lot to unpack there because it's not just you had an online presence, but nobody knew who you were, mm -hmm. but it was also, you were talking about, okay, what do I do exactly? Like, what is my value proposition? Then who is it targeted to, you know, yeah, who is exactly. my ideal client? So you all figure that out while, you know, 
after actually you waited for five months <laughs> you're yes. like why is nobody contacting me yeah interesting very interesting thanks for sharing that jason so is there anything you want to emphasize to people or just want to add you feel like i feel i want to share this as well now is the time that's such a good question and there's so many that's why i said we need like five more episodes but... we we will plan for sure another episode <laughs> so listeners if you love jason well you're good <laughs> i'm excited just that that central message of the book don't conform to the world's way of doing business transform by doing business god's way when you look up the word conform jane it's interesting the the prefix con means together or with so when you unpack that scripture don't be together with the same form as the world. So out in the marketplace, Jane, everybody's, um, there's different trends. There's different business models. Some people are doing the right thing and some people aren't operating out of integrity. And the amount of money or revenue generated can't be the measuring stick. There are people that gross a lot of money that do it unethically. If we're a kingdom business owner, that's not how we're to operate. And so we can't look at, this is why that wall of comparison is so huge. We can't overlook and things like that and lean into a vanity metric like revenue generated to try to circumvent the process. So don't be together with the same form as the world. We're not to do everything that the marketplace is doing. Yes, Jane, there's best practices. Yes, there's books. Yes, there's podcasts, teachings, and all that. The question is, do you see God in those things? The only way you can know that is you have to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. You also have to know what God's word says on the matter. When we're not in relationship with Christ and we don't know what his word says, which is his will, we can just listen and fall for anything, Jane, quite frankly, especially when we talk about the business world. So don't be, and this is Romans 12 too, don't be together with the same form as the world. Transform or change form by the renewal of your mind and spirit. That's that verse is talking about the apostle Paul talking about spirit spiritual mind renewal. If we've got garbage coming in, Jane, guess what? Garbage is coming out. If we got garbage coming into the mind of business, we're going to see that come out in our speech and in our actions. How do we treat employees? How do we treat business partners? How, what, am, I, am I difficult to work with? Does anybody want to work with me? Because I'm being, you know, a drama and all this other, and the ego mm -hmm. and stuff. So I just, that's the central point is, don't conform. Don't just do what the world is doing. Allow God in you to flow through you and operate out of a spirit of excellence and run your business, whether you're self-employed or work for someone in corporate. Allow Jesus to flow through you. The scripture talks about that. Let your light, the light that's inside of you, which comes from God. So then the book of John talks about that, how the light, Jesus is the light. And the light is in us if we've accepted Christ. So if, if Jesus is the light and the light is in us, then let the light, our light, the light of God, shine so before men that they might see your good works, the way you conduct business 
is a good word, Jane. The way you lead, the way you manage, the type of team member you are, the how you steward your finances, that ministers to people when we don't even think that it does because, Jane, people are always watching. It's yeah. like binoculars. People are like this, Jane. And so we've got to portray the light, reflect the light that's inside of us, which is Jesus, out in the marketplace to where they ask the question, man, Jane, man, Jason, you all, you all do business like that. Tell me more. And we, we look at them, Jane, and we go, oh, let me tell you. Let me <laughs> tell you why I'm able to do what I do. Because we're letting our good works show that they may come and glorify, not what we do, Jane. No. Oh man, Jane makes a million a year. I got to know Jane's the woman, Jason's the man. No, no, no. They come and glorify our father in heaven because he gets all the glory. He doesn't share glory. He shares gifts with us. He shares resources, but he won't, he doesn't share <laughs> glory. Jane. We're reflecting his glory. Yeah. So that's what I would say. Don't conform, transform. That's set so well, like perfect. So yeah, that, that brings back to the whole stewarding or the stewardship is, yeah, in order to do that well, to do it right, we have to have a relationship with our father and we have to have Jesus with us, have the Holy Spirit guiding us. So yeah, I couldn't have said it better. So thank you, Jason, for adding that to this amazing talk. So where can we find more about you and Jericho Force? Yeah, so on my website, www.jerichoforce.com. That's my website. You can learn more about what I do. I've got the Fortify book listed there as well, as well as uh, my podcast, the Jericho Force podcast, who James is going to be a guest in the future on one day. Very excited for that. But jerichoforce.com and then social media, I'm on Instagram at jason.com n.davis i'm on clubhouse at jane a day i'm on facebook at jericho force uh so those are my social media handles if you want to email me info at jerichoforce.com and then even on my jerichoforce.com website i've got my link tree and you can see all the things that i'm into so uh, but those would be the ways to connect with me and reach out to me via my website, email, or social media. And I think Clubhouse, I'm still getting used to it, but I think it's a very good tool to get to know like mm -hmm. what you teach, what you know. And yeah, it's, it's interesting to just tune in and listen about the 15 laws of growth, for example. Yes. And what folks, what Jane is referring to, some part of um, the largest uh, Christian business community on Clubhouse, it's called KBN, the Kingdom Business Network. And so you can catch me on Clubhouse on the Kingdom Business Network in my room, Fortified in Business. I talk about how we integrate faith into the work that we do. How do we live out our faith in our marketplace? So you can always catch me on Clubhouse inside Kingdom Business Network, 7.30 Eastern time every Monday evening. Perfect. As I said, I'm sure we will plan another oh, episode yes. because we have lots to talk about. For yes, example, the four walls of yes, Jericho. <laughs> so uh, this will not be the end, but for now it is for this episode. So I just want to thank you so much for your time, for being here on our Monday night. And uh, yeah, looking forward to, to talk to you again. Absolutely, Jane. It's a pleasure. It's an honor. And uh, I'm so excited to be here. And I look forward to our future conversations me too me too thanks 
Thank you for listening to the Born to Fly podcast. If you liked it, please leave a review on Google Podcast or Apple Podcast. And don't forget to share it with your friends. If you'd like to know more about Born to Fly, go to borntofly.faith. There you can discover our How to Find Your Calling course and a community for like-minded entrepreneurs. Looking forward to having you back next time.